Hello, and welcome to the Global Trading Podcast. I'm Terry Flanagan, editor of Global Trading. Global Trading is a markets media group publication. Today, our topic is execution connectivity in foreign exchange trading. The FX market is known for its complexity and fragmentation, as while the products are relatively simple and straightforward, connecting to the marketplace isn't. There are many sources of liquidity, trading venues, and algorithms, and determining the best way to connect to the market can be a challenge for institutional FX traders. Joining us today to discuss FX execution connectivity is Richard Turner. Richard is Senior Trader in Currency Solutions at Insight Investment. Insight Investment is a London-based global asset management company, which had 741 billion, excuse me, 741 billion British pound sterling under management as of June 2021. Hello, Richard. Thanks for joining us. Great to have you on the podcast. Sorry. So, if we can uh, just to start out and get you know learn a little more about you, if you can briefly describe your professional background and uh, your current role and responsibilities at Insight Investment. Yeah, so um, got back in the day when I left school, um, I did an apprenticeship um, for Rolls-Royce. Um, it quickly became apparent that engineering was no longer going to take place in the northeast of England, which is where I'm from. Um, so I left um, engineering to train as a commodity, an agricultural commodity trader. Um, following that, I then um, did a treasury role and then following that, um, I moved to specifically FX, um, where I'm, which I'm trading at Insight at the minute. Um, my current role is an FX trader. Um, I've specialized in electronic trading. Um, very, very much looking into the detail of, um, algorithmic trading and um, request for quote trading. Um, and also in liquidity curation. Um, I'm really bothered about who I'm trading with and, you know, what are their behaviors. Um, I also, for my sins, head up um, a trading tech team, which looks into um, using technology to help solve problems for traders across asset classes um, at Insight. Um, another part of my job, obviously, is um, ensuring best execution and regulatory requirements. Um, Insight take these very seriously. Um, and so it's part of my, my job that we, we make sure we follow those. Um, I'm a, basically, I specialize as well in t- TCA. So I'm, I'm very, very interested in market microstructure, how markets work. Um, I've also, for my sins, was involved with um, the FX Global Code three-year review, which had a deep dive into um, how algorithms work, um, TCA standardization, um, and another sort of side uh, little job that I do on the fr- on, on the side is also I'm I'm a third man for the equity trading team. Um, we have a lot of um, similes around how we execute um, presently, so it's it's good that we interact with them. Okay, sounds like there's a lot to keep you you busy and keep you out of trouble. Absolutely. So uh, looking at FX execution connectivity, obviously it's an important enough topic that there's uh, at an industry conference, there's a panel about it specifically, but how would you define FX execution connectivity? What exactly is it and why is it important? So when we typically want to trade lands on our blotter, um, we looking, we're looking at, you know, what is the best thing to do with that trade? And so a lot of, a lot of that is looking at the pre and post trade analysis, um, which we link into you know, decision-making tree, what is the best thing for me to do with this trade at this particular moment in time? Um, so in essence, we, we're looking at a, a you know, rules-based um, method of trading, um, and we try and learn as much as we can from previous, um, previous trades. Another part of um, FX execution connectivity um, is also making trading workflows more connected, um, which ultimately means less stress for a trader, um, more automation. Um, and I always use the analogy that it, it allows a trader to be more like a a pilot overlooking the autopilot 
um, when flying a plane. Um, another element of this is, is also future-proofing execution. You know, how, what can we do better in the future? Um, is, you know, is, is it, is it the fact that FX traders need to stand alone? I think not. I think, you know, we should be looking at cross-asset solutions. Um, and also, you know, what, what, what can we learn from the nuances of other asset classes and what can they learn from us? <laughs> now, how would you characterize the current state of FX execution connectivity from an industry pr- perspective? Say, you know, how has it evolved, uh, from the pa- in past years to, to current day? Yeah, I think it, um, across my peer group, um, it varies, um, a huge amount. So there's a, you know, there's a lot of sophistication at one end and there's, you know, a, um, a little, a little sophistication at the other end. And I think this is, you know, typically one of the, one of the problems we have. Um, you know, buy side has varying de- degrees of sophistication. Um, they have different focuses. Some, you know, just use it, um, just like to, to, you know, have a tick box solution, whether others, you know, try and really do some deep dive and try and learn from, from what they're doing by their, um, you know, their FX connectivity. Um, the other problem that you have as well is that different peers have you know, different budgets. I'm forever sort of fighting for budgets. Um, some of my peers are and some of them don't have any budget at all. So often they're, you know, what, what, what they can deliver is, is very, very different. Um, there's also another element to this, which is, um, a different understanding. You know, some people will challenge themselves to learn more and more and others, you know, just will, will sit back on their laurels. Um, and I, th- I think, you know, one of these elements here that, you know, sh- we should sort of mention here is also, you know, how many people truly understand what the FX global codes are at, is about, which, um, which we've signed up to. You know, there's some elements of that that people, I think, don't really understand. They, you know, they may well say they've signed up to the code, but what does that really mean? You know, are, you know, are they being sufficiently challenging to the workflows that they have? Okay. Okay. Right. Right. I think that's a, a sort of segues into the, the next question. So, so how would a, an institutional trader or uh, institutional trading firm optimize FX execution connectivity? You know, is there a decision process or set, you know, set of best practices to, to talk about here? That seems like a very, very open book. I could talk about this for days on end. Uh, I'll try and be candid and keep it um, slightly shorter though. Um, I think, you know, I think one thing that I, we pride ourselves at, at Insight and across the trading teams here, um, you know, we've got to make sure that we understand all aspects of trade from raising the trade to booking it. So, you know, how long has a PM been sat on a trade? You know, has he actually hit go after being sat on it for two days or is it just, you know, literally come across, um, his, his blotter that he wants to trade now? You know, that's, that's a key thing that, you know, we, we, we like to sort of understand and challenge. Um, I think you also have to understand your systems. You know, in the example I've given there, has there been some latency whereby it's taken 40 seconds to, a, a, you know, for an order to arrive on your desk? And if so, has that cost the decision making, you know, decision maker, uh, PL? You have to challenge those sorts of things as well, because inherently, you know, systems can be slow. There are problems with all IT systems, um, you know, where, wherever they are in the world. And, and so you have to be cognizant of that. Um, the other important thing is, do we learn from previous trades? You know, um, you know, what, what should we do with what we learn from the trades? What elements of a trade are different that make you, you know, change your, your difference of opinion? Is it a different underlying currency pair? You know, what does that have on, on the impact? Um, the time of trade that you, time of day that you trade. Um, the underlying market conditions and indeed, how do you measure those? Cause I often feel that I get a lot of indicators from, um, the, the things that I look at that indicate a market will be structured such as this. And until I hit go and start trading it, I don't really know what the structure of the market is. So I think that's a key thing as well. You know, how do we measure, um, the structure of the market, the underlying conditions, um, at point of trade? It's, it's a very, very key point. Um, the other thing as well is, you know, what sort of trade, um, you have different approaches for 
um, different trades. You know, if it's a quick opportunity, opportunistic trade, you want to be done very quickly. Whereas if it's a long term value strategy, you want to, you know, ensure that you're taking your time over that execution to get the best possible outcome um, over a long period of time. So there's, you know, again, you've got to really ascertain, you know, what, what, what ultimately, um, the trade that arrives on your desk, what is the, you know, the time scale that you have to execute it and what is the, the strategy you're actually trying to achieve. Right. Um, there's another element of, of, you know, how can we streamline processes to make execution truly, you know, non-touch? Um, at the minute, I'm spending a lot of time uh, looking at, you know, we have a lot of different workflows that require quite manual uh, processes to be, uh, to be impact, you know, in, um, to be used. And, you know, any way we can automate that is, 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 um, you know, is, is a bonus. Um, also, should we automate them? You know, are the processes that actually should be automated or should they continue to be manually? That, that's something we always also talk about. Um, and in that automate, in the automation, um, sort of area, you know, do we spend our time manually trading very small trades that have very, very little impact, um, with your input? You know, should those be, um, you know, automated to a degree where you have a, um, you know, you, you just have an RFQ or a request for quotes and it, it hits the best, um, the best price automatically. Um, obviously with a underlying that also having, um, you know, ensuring that that, that is carried out in a way that, um, you know, is cognizant of, 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 of being the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I think that we need to spend, you know, a bit more part time looking into on this front is, is the costs of trading. You know, when you, when a counterparty quotes, do you know all the aspects of the cost of the trade? And I think the answer to that at the minute is probably not, you know, generally. Um, you know, what did, what do your counterparties pay for, for market access? You know, how do you ascertain that? Um, ultimately it's in the price that they give you. So you would, should want to know, you know, what, what is it is in that price. Um, so I think that's another key element, um, around, you know, transparency and challenging your counterparties. Um, the other thing that's a, a bit subtle and not everybody always thinks about this is, you know, ultimately we want the relationship with the counterparty to work, um, so that relationship can last for a long time. So ultimately we want them to, uh, you know, we want them to make money on our, our trade as well. Um, which, you know, is a kind of counterintuitive thing. Everyone just, you know, expects that on every trade you should, you know, everybody's trying to win. When, when you're over on every trade, when the reality of it is you should be looking at it, at a, you know, much long term, um, Basist, um, so I think that's a key thing for us as well. Okay, well, yeah, there is uh, quite a lot to to consider there, and with regard to optimization. But uh, so, if we were to look at, say, execution connectivity specifically in FX, what is unique in in, in FX, uh, you know, versus if execution connectivity in other markets, say, for example, equities and or fixed income. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting point. Um, and I mean, I'll, I'll be very honest to you. I'm, I'm, I'm very, my eyes are very wide open to this. And I think that, um, within each of these, within each of the separate markets, there are often uh, very similar workflows across assets. So, um, you know, I think the uniqueness of the FX is, is, is hard to define, but, you know, I definitely say there's a few things that are, that are very interesting. And one is that it's, you know, with regards to liquidity pr- providers, it's very fragment- fragmented. You know, you've got a lot of different types of players in there. Um, you know, from, from, Banks, you know, the, the top four banks to, you know, retail, somebody putting a retail bet on, um, you know, which is, uh, you know, very, very different. Um, FX is unique and it's relatively to other asset classes. It's, it's, it's cheap to trade. Um, and I think another aspect, which is interesting is the fact that it's a, a very deep market, um, at times. Um, I would caveat that with, you know, what I said before about the fact you don't know how deep it is until you're actually trading it. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be, um, have to be careful of that as well. But ultimately there is a, you know, huge amount of volume that does go through the, the FX market. Um, but I think the key to it, as I say, it's, it's very fragmented with many different, um, you know, places of access for, for people to, uh, to trade in. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Right. Now, I, I referenced an industry panel earlier uh, and what I was talking about specifically, you spoke on the topic of FX execution connectivity at the FIX EMEA trading conference, uh, which was last month in March. Uh, other panelists were for, looked like a really strong panel from uh, Bank of England, Credit Suisse, BNP Paribas. Just wanted to just wonder what do you recall uh, were some of the key takeaways from the panel? You know, did did you learn anything? What was uh, what 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 themes came up uh, when when uh, you folks talked about this? There was, I think the key thing for me was that there are other methods of communication other than fix at the minute that are coming to the fore. Um, there are, you know, a lot of competitors out there, um, in, in terms of, you know, communication in different ways. Um, you know, the world is moving at a very quick pace. Um, and a lot of this technology is moving very, very, very quickly. Um, a lot of this is often open source as well. So, you know, access to people who want to, um, you know, use, use code and, and that type of thing. Um, you know, is a big challenge for the industry versus, you know, the way it was where you, you know, you, you buy and you pay sort of thing. So I think it's, it's getting uh, very interesting in that space. Um, the key as well to me is that, you know, when I looked at the audience and I looked at the people that were at the, uh, the, the conference, um, you know, the people there were trading, were changing very much, you know, in, in terms of their sort of uh, what they were having to do on a day to day basis and take my job, for example. I, you know, used to execute purely on a trade, you know, trade by trade basis every day, looking at the, the trading. Um, of, you know, ultimately which, you know, what, what prices I was get, I was trading. Whereas now I spend a lot of my time looking into the deep roots of, you know, deep, um, deep grass of data, you know, and how I analyze data, but also, you know, looking at, at potentially help getting coders to code things up for me. So, you know, my, my, the job is changing very quickly. And I think to me, you know, other than, as I said, the methods of communication, other than fix are really growing. I think that the reality of it is that our job is changing very, very quickly and we have to, you know, adapt to, to, to continue in that in that vein, okay. Just a few of the the bullet points from uh, the uh, panel, uh, according to the program. Just wanted to run through them quickly and uh, let me know if there's anything to, to talk about here beyond what we've already covered. What are the advantages of using fix in FX swaps and forwards? Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I think the key thing here is, is standardization of messaging. Um, you know, take algos for example. Um, you know, when you're trading an algo and you move, you know, you're changing limits, you're um, trading aggression levels, you're changing the interaction with, with the market. Um, the fixed messages, you know, are there sending things, you know, sending, um, the, the changes backwards and forwards. And I think, you know, that, that ultimately is changing the characteristics of the algo. So if you can, um, analyze those fixed messages uh, across different algos and, and between counterparties who are providing the algos, then you can do some cross comparisons of, of how the behaviors are again looking at latency and in this type of thing. So I think there's there's a key thing there on, you know, standardization of the messaging and being able to um, you know, look between different counterparties, which is key to us. Okay. And I think the standardization element, you know, obviously allows for fair comparison, which, you know, I think is, you know, is is a very important thing. Okay. Um on on an RFQ perspective, so request for quote um, respective um for execution, um, we sometimes gets rejects. And I think um, you know, the reject codes that get sent back to us, um, are very different in what we receive from counterparties. Often, you know, some of them will just say it's a reject. Others give us a reason for that uh, reject and so on and so forth. We, at Insight, we'd, we'd, we'd quite, um, you know, we, we're quite keen to know that if we do get rejected when RFQing, why that reason is, um, so that we can do some further analysis, um, around the data to see if there's any sort of nefarious uh, behavior around that. Okay. Another talking point from the, the FIX EMEA panel 
Last look. This is when a market participant receiving a trade request has a final opportunity to accept or reject the request against its quoted price. Last look has been much discussed in FX trading. How is this topic being readdressed? A, po- a podcast wouldn't be the same without discussing last look. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's always there. But again, as I said, as I said in the previous um, uh, uh, question, you know, it's around standardization of reject codes. Um, you know, also, it's asking the questions of your liquidity providers. You know, first of all, if you're interacting with them, are they last look? Um, you know, if so, what are the hold times? Are they asymmetric? You know, all these questions that you should be asking your, um, your liquidity providers, um, about their, the liquidity they're providing for you. Um, the next thing I would suggest is, you know, you, you need to sort of have a, a chat with your, you, you know, your, your fellow traders on your desk and say, is, is last look something, um, that I want to interact with? You know, um, certainly, um, I don't at Insight. We've, you know, we build, um, we spend a lot of time curating our pools such that we don't trade with last look venues uh, as much as we can. Um, so, um, you know, when we've done the analysis around the execution data, we've seen an improvement, um, of not trading last look with our outcomes. Um, and, you know, ultimately, I mean, it's, it's all about, again, it's all about looking into the weeds and leave no stone unturned. And, you know, maybe that you, when you look at your data in the way that you execute last look is something that you do want to interact with. Um, but, you know, certainly for, for our flow at the minute, um, it's not something we, we, you know, we want to, 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 do, to do, but again, it's, it's, you know, for future um, analysis, we'll continue to look at the analysis around that sort of flow to see if it, it is something we want to want to trade with. Right. Okay. Okay. The final talking point from that panel, the rise of bilateral connectivity. Why is it important? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, again, it's, it's, a, it's an open question that, you know, is, is, um, is there a rise in bilateral connectivity? I think there's a rise in connectivity, um, you know, whether or not that's bilateral can be Debated, and um, there's several, you know, nuances to that which I won't, I won't go into here. It's, it would take me too long. Um, but I think, you know, generally, um, bilateral connectivity um, improves workflows of trading desks. Um, you know, you, you in, in essence are, are able to trade more with less, um, you know, less risks as flow are, you know, potentially more automated. So that, you know, things things are are, are easily uh, passed across the desk to finally get executed. So. That's got to be something very, um, very good from a, a bilateral connectivity perspective. Um, there's also a big focus on, you know, the automation reduces risks such as keystroke risks or, you know, other manual processes. So again, you know, that, that's something that's important. We, we try to, you know, improve the workflows with bilaterally where we can. Um, and I think ultimately as well, it makes your, um, relationships with the counterparty stronger. You know, you, you rely on, um, things working with them and building up, um, connectivity with them. So. You know that, that 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 helps you to be able to, um, you know, look at your relationships and that's that 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 way and and put a strength on on you know both parties delivering um, something um, something to each other, which is important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as well, you know, it it, it also focuses um, your relationship to be more transparent and more accountable. You know, if things are going wrong or things are going right, you know, it, it makes it very easy for you to dis- discuss those. Um, especially, you know, on the counterparty side, if something that they're doing for you isn't working, then, you know, they should flag that it isn't working for them. Um, as okay. I said before, it's, it's a, you know, it's a long-term relationship we're looking to build here. Right. Um, I think as well, you know, going forward, there, there, there's also, you know, potential challenges in, in market access. And, you know, what do I mean around that? Well, you know, it, 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 I think, you know, we've, we focus on some, um, you know, counterparty relationships, um, that, that we, that we were used that, you know, they're satisfying what we, we want. Um, you know, you may find that 
all of a sudden one of those doesn't supply what you need in the in the fact that the world changes very quickly. So you have to make sure that you're not, you know, putting your nose off despite your face. Um, so mm-hmm. you've got to be very, very, you know, careful such that you future proofs your business, such that things do change. You still have um, you know, people you can speak to um in you know from other 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 places. Right, right. Okay. Okay, that leads me to my final question. Uh really it seems like this is certainly a very dynamic and evolving uh picture with regard to FX execution connectivity. So there's just want to get your forward spin on this this whole discussion. What do you think is uh you know some of the key points that say if we were talking about the same topic in I don't know one to three years time, uh what would we be talking about? What is the future of FX execution connectivity? Yeah, I think um you know, in my 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 sort of perspective, it's more automation. Um, I think we're you know definitely moving towards uh, more rules based trading. Um, obviously, with checks and balances in in the, in there, um, to make sure that what you're doing is is the right thing. Um, making sure that all your regulatory and best X um, requirements are satisfied. Um, and again, you know, I think it's allowing the trader to focus on uh, most important aspects of the job, looking at the real risks versus you know some stuff that really doesn't need their attention, which is you know my um. You know my my analysis of, of sort of the, the the pilot and the autopilot. You know I think that's a, that's a key thing for us, which will also you know help us to deliver more um, analysis from data and such things like that as well. You know that's there's a big focus for me there. Um, again, I think there's going to be more transparency um, around costs and outcomes um, that I think ex- execution connectivity will help us help us do. Um, but ultimately, you know, I think the bottom line is just challenging the way we do things. You know, I think we, it's very easy to sit back and, you know, I think we're doing a very good job when, you know, there's, there's a lot of challenges out there that, that demand our focus. And I think, uh, you know, that, that's what we should look at. Everything you do every day should be challenged. Sure, sure. Okay. Richard, well, I want to thank you uh, very much for being on the podcast and sharing your insight on this. It's, uh, it's really been great having you, a very informative and uh, comprehensive discussion here. Great. Thanks very much for having me. I appreciate it. It was good fun. Thank you. I've been speaking with Richard Turner, Senior Trader, Currency Solutions at Insight Investment. This is Terry Flanagan with the Global Trading Podcast. You can find the Global Trading Podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, the Global Trading homepage, which is fixglobal, F-I-X, global.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you.